So let's everybody warm up, get to it. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to Seeker. Unprofitable sons. Unprofitable servants or servants. two sons? Sorry. <laughs> mix it mixing back. <laughs> um, <laughs> unprofitable sons. All right, Luke good for 17. Okay. You said 17 what what? Uh, 7 through 10. Drop it. In- intro, this, intro this scene. Drop it. Okay, set the stage. Luke 17. Yeah, what are they wearing? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely... A garment. Mm-hmm. All right, let's drag it. Start with seven. Luke seventeen seven. Which of you, having a servant plowing or tending sheep, will say to him when he has come in from the field, "Come at once and sit down to eat"? But will he not rather say to him, "Prepare something for my supper and gird yourself and serve me until I have eaten and drunk, and afterward you will eat and drink"? Does he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I think not. So likewise you, when you have done all those things which you are commanded, say, We are unprofitable servants. We have done what was our duty to do. Says Jesus. So says Jesus. Well, I really like the... um, I love this parable. Because this is a parable coming from... This isn't... Jesus, our Savior, talking to us. This is Christ, our Lord, talking to us now. And he's explaining the way that our place in the kingdom is, is that we are given these commandments to do. And that's the basic duty of a Christian, of somebody who is going to follow Jesus, is to just do your duty. And mm-hmm. you don't get to take credit for that. Mm-hmm. You don't get to... to boast and brag and be proud of just doing your basic job Mm -hmm. right like you don't get to think yourself higher than you are right because everybody has this duty to follow and that's the baseline standard right right because if you think also and we're not going to be talking about it directly but if you think about the parable of the talents in matthew 25 the two servants who increased what was given to them, mm-hmm. their reward is well done, good and faithful servant. They get the reward. The one who doesn't provide any increase just returns back what he was given. He's the unprofitable servant and he's cast out in outer darkness. Right. So just skating by with the bare minimum, you're not a profitable servant just doing your duty. Jesus calls us to go above and beyond that. And I think that's what this parable is talking about. Don't make me talk about the whole thing. Cause Agreed. I, got, I, got more. I, I was agreeing. The listeners couldn't hear hear my face going up and down. <laughs> I was agreeing. Especially in the last part about going over and beyond. But it's this is interesting because you think about people's general idea about when the work is done. 
Um, unfortunately, this takes me back. Oh, man. I hate remember Snatch? Remember Snatch? It's a long time ago. Oh, movie. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. That's a movie, yeah. yeah. Okay, remember Snatch when, um, you know, Brad Pitt's going to fight that guy, the big dude. And, you know, he comes over there and he like, boom, and he hits Brad Pitt. And, and Brad Pitt falls down and he gets up and he's like, come on back. And the guy's like, no, I'm not going to do it. And he goes, you'll stay till the work is done. Stay until the fight is right? done. Right? Yeah. And that that's kind of this. And we're not going to be able to shake that out of your head, but in in our society and, you know, just, I don't know, me, just as human beings, we tend to think, like, we have the idea about when it's done and when we've done our job. Mm-hmm. It's not like uh, this servant didn't do anything. In verse number seven, um, they've been working, plowing, tending sheep. I mean, they've been doing a job. And then they 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 come back and, you know, our perception would be, well, I've done my job. So now I get to sit and eat and hang out. But the Lord says, no, I define what your job is. You don't define what your job is. And, you know, oftentimes we want to decide, like, what work in the kingdom of God looks like. We want to decide what God's love looks like. Um, We want to decide what God's mercy should look like, what God's commandments should look like. And he's very clear that actually he'll be the one deciding commandments, love. He decides all that. He defines himself. We don't define him. Um, And I think we generally just don't like that very much. And that's why some people tend to say that, um, when you start talking about Jesus, as long as you're talking about John three sixteen, they go, yeah, that's the Jesus I want to serve. Mm-hmm. And then the second you talk about this Jesus, there, it's, that's why I like the way you started out. That's pretty, I had to think about that for a while, but that's so true. You know, kind of the shift now in the Jesus we're talking about. Um, that they don't necessarily like that one because now he's telling them just straight up facts. And they go, well, that's unloving, absolutely unloving. Right. I mean, I work all day out in the field can't make me do more right mm-hmm. but he's actually just saying these are the commandments like jesus jesus was totally loyal to his father he did his will so he's right. like you, there's a job for you to do too and here it is but it does come across as kind of uh oddly cold you know at least from modern society's perspective to look at this right it does but contextually if you start at luke 17 jesus is giving them really difficult teaching at this point mm-hmm. he's telling them in 17 and 1 it's impossible that no offenses will come but woe to him who they come through he says you're kind of in this like rock in a hard place situation offenses are going to come but woe to you if they come through you. And then he goes on, he says, if your brother sins against you seven times and asks forgiveness seven times, you forgive him seven times. He's given them these really hard teachings. And this is where they say, Lord, increase our faith in verse 5. And he says, <laughs> six. Yeah. in 6, he says, if you had faith as a mustard seed, um, About the plant, plant you this tree yeah. in the ocean. But he says, that's not the point. The point isn't having enough faith. The point's doing what you're told. Right. The point is obey my commands. If you're my disciples, you'll do what I tell you to do. Yep. Which is kind of the tricky thing about this parable is it gets tied up into that Lord increase our faith thing. But he's saying this isn't about faith. This is about obedient service. This is about doing the will of God regardless of how, like what that will is. And this is some hard teaching, but you do it anyway. 
because that's our role. We are servants in the kingdom. And we don't get to decide what jobs we do. We do the jobs we're given to do. Mm-hmm. Yet all the time we still decide what we want to do for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, cause, yeah, because I mean, we, we think we know what's good for us, yeah. and we don't. Well, like we think that we can put the kingdom on the back burner. We can yeah. right. we can do God's work Sunday mornings, and yeah, we're good to go. That's not the case, <laughs> right? No, Matthew six thirty three. I mean, he says, yep. "Seek ye first the kingdom mm-hmm. of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you." Like, right. That's the priority. Right. It, it keeps me bring me back to last last season though, in, in John, where you know the Lord says, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me." Where He, like, I just everything keeps coming back to Him, like stamping authority down, mm-hmm. and He does it out of love too. That's the thing, but stamping and saying. If, if you want eternal life, I'll just want to give it to you. But I'm telling you, the only way to get there is through this door. That That's me. Like, you have to come this way. Mm-hmm. And coming this way is just more than saying, man, Jesus, you're awesome. I love you. But if you love the Lord, you got to keep his commandments. Mm-hmm. Right. I think this this particular parable hits home really hard because of the perspective shift within it. Because when he starts, he says, which one of you having a servant? So he puts them in that position of, you're the ones giving the commands. You're the ones whose servant is coming in. You're going to make them take care of you first because that's their job. Mm -hmm. He sets the whole thing up that way. And then in verse 10, he just shifts it 180 degrees. Therefore, you, when you have done those things which you're commanded, you're the servant. Right. So you can clearly see what that relationship is like from the position of power, mm-hmm. right? From the position of the one having authority. And then he just spins it. You're the ones under the authority. You do what you're commanded to do, and it's just your duty to do it. You don't get any special reward. You don't get any special treatment. You don't get any privileges or perks. You're doing the job that you're given. And you're not even profitable. You're just barely getting by. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I almost read this as not really blasting them as much like saying, "Oh, you're 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 unprofitable," that kind of a thing. I just, well, in my first reading of it, at least, kind of looking at it, I think of it more as uh, such tenses. So, likewise, you, when you have done all these things which you are commanded, say, "We are unprofitable servants. We have only done. Oh, we have done what was our duty to do." Um, in my mind, doing what our duty is to do is perfect that's exactly what we are called to do we're just you know god wants us to do our duty like you keep my commands that's doing our duty but let's not think of ourselves like as being the ones who give the profit like god gives the profit Mm -hmm. so i mean it's just more of a humility kind of check when i the way i look at it is is about that more than um you having to go way above and beyond what's expected right i don't know that that's what God's saying in this parable or Jesus is saying in this parable, but it's just do what I say and don't think so much of yourself that you need anything else besides that. Yeah, that's definitely a huge part of it is remember your place. Right. Like don't exalt yourself too highly. Don't think you're doing like anything unique or special or... Right. You're not somehow earning this because of your own merits like by doing working harder like are you keeping my commandments or not are you meeting my standards are you doing what was your duty 
You know, in Galatians 6, 3, if anyone thinks they are something when they're not, they deceive themselves. Yeah. kind of reminds me of that. <clears throat> I was thinking back to Romans 4, um, not to get too deep, but uh, we're just talking about Abraham. Uh, how is Abraham justified? Um, you know, Romans talks about being justified by faith. Then um, a couple of chapters over, justified by works. But then it says, you know, obviously faith working with works. We're not getting back into James, but I, I thought it was pretty cool. In verse number two, it goes with that. It says, for if Abraham is justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. Like, if he had possibly been able to be perfect and nail this thing, um, he you would have been like, yeah, I can boast about this, but not really, because that's what you're supposed to do, right? right? Not before right. God. You're not boasting before him. He's like, great. You did what you're supposed to do. Great. Right. You want a cookie? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that probably sounds harsh, too. But it, it, it is true. Um, and I've always, uh, I've always really liked uh, verse number 10. Because the other thing, verse number 10, I actually have written this in my Bible some point long ago. And I put parable of humility. Because for me... It just grounds me back down to let me know that um, when I said earlier, like to go over and beyond feels like I'm doing more. When I read this and and I see like, okay, I've worked out in the field, boom, done. And then you come in, it feels like, oh man, I do a little extra. But it's not a little extra to the Lord. I totally agree. But in my head, it's like, oh man, I'm doing, stepping it up, doing a little extra. No matter what we do Mm -hmm. in the kingdom, it's what he's already asked us to do, right? right? Right. It's just the fact that we like doing the minimum so much that when we actually do what he's asked us to do, it's like, ooh, really tearing it up. And he's like, oh, yeah, (laughs) thank you for coming to work, you know? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah. That also kind of makes me think, too, of, you know, how what we have to do to set our kind of our, our mind to the right expectations that align with with the Lord's expectations are, because that's what really matters. Yeah. And if sometimes we set our own bar for ourselves, and we feel good when we reach that bar, and um, like for these servants, if they would have just set the bar at, you know, my job's done when I come in from the field, you know, then it's going to feel like uh, the worst thing in the world when now I have to serve my master and get dinner ready or whatever. But if in your mind you think, Okay, you know the you know the first half of my day is working in the field. The second half is taking care of my master, and then I get to rest and do take care of myself. Like if that's the frame of mind you have going into the day, then it's going to be a good day. You just do your job, right? So, um, so for us, sometimes I think we 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 frame up our own mind selfishly to what we want to do, and then when we read what the Lord really wants us to do in the Bible, suddenly it's like man, he doesn't really mean that we should go out and preach to all the world. You know, he doesn't really mean that we should take care of the the hungry and the needy. Like, isn't that what government programs are for? You know, and we make all these excuses up to not really do the full day's work that we've been asked to do. Yeah. I do it. Yeah, we. I mean, I make excuses. (laughs) No, you're like, I do the work. Yeah, I'm not saying I do the work. Yeah, we... There's so many ways to rationalize why we don't have to do something um, and somebody else should. Uh, they'll take care of it. Or, you know, um, I was just trying to think of maybe some uh, wording I'd used before. Like, you know, we all have to play a part here. Um, but to your point earlier, like, we should benchmark ourselves against the Lord. Right. And if we do that, we're probably not going to spend too much time, probably not going to waste time saying, man, uh, Daniel should be out here doing it too, you know. I, I'm just way too busy 
mm-hmm. to quote Jesus, about his father's business to even really, you know, look around and notice that somebody is or is not doing something. I'm just trying to bust it and get it done. Right. Yeah, I struggle with this too sometimes of what is the right amount to be doing? You know, like, because you can beat yourself up by never feeling adequate when you look at scripture. Um, you know, you think, man, should I, sh- should I be an evangelist? If I'm going to have to have a job, should that be what, you know, I do is just, that's my job as an evangelist. Um, you know, is that, because then I'm, I'm, you know, you have to make a living, obviously, right? But then you're also doing the Lord's work at the same time, right? Be a tent maker. Yeah, right. It's always worked in the past. Yeah, yeah, but then you think of, you know, Jesus was a carpenter. You know, his job wasn't to minister. I mean, and so there's all these things that you kind of look at and you compare and say, okay, well, I guess I don't have to beat myself up for every little thing. Um, but I, I, I struggle in my mind to balance that of feeling like um, I'm not doing enough and wondering, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just not clear in my mind, you know, how much work is the right amount of work to do. Does that make sense? I think I get it. <laughs> My answer was to rationalize something else. <laughs> well, don't worry, Jesse. Oh, wait. Strike that. I've already yeah. said. <laughs> yeah. Right. As long as you feel good about it. As long you as know? you feel good in your heart and yeah. you've worked hard. Yeah. Um, no, I very acutely feel that struggle. Yeah. Yeah. Especially here lately. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, and you just have recently taken a job to make that your full-time occupation now. But that's been, like, I went through that same exact struggle that you were talking about. Yeah. And I came down on the side of, I just can't keep doing what I've been doing. There has to be more. Right. There has to be. And this was, for me, this was the way to do more, was making that big jump. Kind of a big jump. Yeah, yeah, I know it's a big deal. Absolutely. But um, I that's just the side that I came down on was like, how long am I gonna just keep telling myself that I'm I'm doing enough? I'm getting by. It's it's okay, and it it wasn't like that's what I just finally yeah came down on is that I wasn't doing nearly enough, and my job was getting in my way. So right. <laughs> Yeah. But before you work work us down on Romans, I wanted to say this because what you just said reminded me. um, It's a matter of growth. This is this isn't um, this isn't me rationalizing because we should grow much faster. We should always be increasing. And and yes, yeah, that was last last week. Increasing. and if you increase in these things in a bound, you yes. will never lack. Right. Uh, but but no, so you said that, and, and it's a matter of growth, um, and the excuse shouldn't be, well, I'm growing. No, you should just grow faster is is the truth. Hang on. A matter of growth and like how we grow. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm getting to this. Okay. Um, but this, so the, the scripture, to him who knows to do good and does it not, it's a sin. Um, the context isn't necessarily this, but I think we should think about it in terms of what you just said. Like, you know the next step you should take. Yeah. And you knew it. You're like, okay, I know what I should do, but uh, it's not really the time. We should not be afraid to step out in some sort of radical way to take the next step. You know, um, we studied in James. Our lives don't last that long. Yes. Right? Yep. Um, and 
and if it means stepping out there and doing something really crazy and radical, then we should do it because that's what it's going to take to, to get the kingdom moving. Um, but if not, man, we'll look around and we'll be 75 years old sitting in the pews going, I remember, you know, it's going to happen so yeah. quickly. Like mm-hmm. we got to 30s and 40s like that. And, you know, right around the corner is going to be something else. Death. Um, that's what I. Yeah. That's the side I came down. You see what I'm saying? So it's exactly like exactly what I came and down. And on. I quote um, uh, Old Testament, like the day you hear my voice, harden not your heart, like in the days of the rebellion. <laughs> For real, the day you you hear, you see it, and you're like, man, I have to make a change. We have to just pray to the Lord that we won't stand in His way and yeah. and make the change. It's gonna stink. It's gonna feel like it stinks, but like. We'll look at this like a year later and go, oh, man, best thing ever for the kingdom. Unprofitable servant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm proud of you, Daniel. <laughs> I don't know about all that. But... Radio hug. Radio yeah. hug. Yeah, radio hug. Hey, thanks for listening to Seeker. Find us at SeekerPodcast.com. Check out our website to get more information about The Seeker Project. Also check out our blog and some other information we have there as well. Thank you, my friends. Have a good one.